Welcome to episode two of Uncontained. I am your host, Aaron Static Render, and today we talk to a self-proclaimed rootin' tootin' country western punk rockin' Mickey Mouse ear wearin' motherfucker. Yes, Scott Aarons, formerly of the band Freak Label, now with two-bit scoundrels, and we talk to him about the transition from a brutal metal band to a punk rock country western band and what all that entails along with his trip to disney world and also yeah painting eyebrows on a dog you'll have to listen to find out thank you for choosing to listen to uncontained here is episode three with musician scott aarons um well let's talk about uh music for a bit um <sighs> tell me about uh your new band uh two-bit scoundrels Okay, well, if you can handle it, it's a um, country western punk rock. <laughs> so <laughs> it's um, it's it's kind of I don't know. I guess growing up, I was a Iowa farm kid. My parents are farmers, so um, my grandparents always listened to country western. And uh, so, as a kid, you know, we'd be I'd be riding in the car with them, and they'd always be playing. Hank Williams or Willie Nelson or Waylon Jennings and, you know, all the country music greats and stuff. So it just kind of, that side's always kind of stuck with me. So, so then after, uh, Freak Label, a band that I was a part of for shit, 15 years, yes. it was just time to do something different. And, um, you know, I've always been a metalhead and hard rock and punk guy. And so it just kind of felt right to me to, to uh mix this country western and punk rock together i don't know it's so how'd the transition from freak label to two-bit scoundrels happen just i don't know there was like a a two-year period that went by Uh, maybe not quite that long maybe a year period that went by and i just i missed being on stage and and uh i don't know i I guess i just kind of got burned out of metal I just got burned out and I had to do something different. And so I just kind of started going back to my roots and I uh, fell in love with country music again and <laughs> not bro country, <laughs> actual country. And, <laughs> not uh, like she thinks my tractor's sexy uh, or anything like that. Yeah. Barbecue stand away t-shirt, that bullshit. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just like Waylon Jennings and, and Hank. I mean, I love Hank Williams. I mean, he is, him and George Jones and some of the other guys, you know, are the godfathers of country western. So, um, you know, Johnny Cash, all, all those guys. It's just yeah, just good American when, music. When it was actually country music and not just pop with a twang. Right. It's I, I'm still not going to call myself a big fan of country music, but I can at least respect like the old school country music that, you know, was raw and not this manufactured uh, Kenny Chesney crap. Right. And that's probably even an outdated uh, reference to country music now. I don't know. Is he still around? I have no idea. (laughs) Fair enough. Let's move on from Kenny Chesney. Um, So, okay, interesting transition. So what I see with... uh, um, country background came from from rolling around with your grandparents and listening to the the classic country where the how'd you get the idea to mix punk with the country music well the thing about country music is is um you can really it's such a versatile form of music you can pretty much do anything with it um i mean we we do a cover of um Hank Williams or not Hank Williams um Waylon Jennings Good Hearted Woman and I guess just driving just driving in my car one day I was listening to a live version of Good Hearted Woman with Willie Nelson um singing backup in harmonies with Waylon and it's just it's really just um punk rock <laughs> slowed down and, and done with a twang I mean we basically um just sped it up a little bit, put a little bit of distorted guitars on it, and 
and and and it worked really well. Uh, I mean, you can you can pretty much do anything with country. Um, you can turn it into blues. You can turn it into rock. You can turn it. You know, it's it's really versatile music because it is so. I think it's just because there's there's such a a basic element behind the music. You know, it's. I mean, yeah, you, you could get into Nashville chicken picking stuff that is incredible. I mean, those guys are incredible players. But I, you know, the thing about country is, 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 you know, because there is a basic underlying rhythm behind it. It's you can really do anything with it, and that's the beauty of it. And that, and that's what we've come to find out that. I mean, we even did a cover of uh, um, "Home on the Range," and we just. We just sped it up. That's all we did to it. We just sped it up. <laughs> really? And, and it and it just becomes punk rock. So it's... so for somebody who can't picture this uh, or envision it in their head, how does it compare to, say, Rockabilly? Um, that's a good question. There's not really a... F- Rockabilly has more of a 50s rock element to it. Okay. Ours is more the theme song of Bonanza, like down to down to down to down to now now, down to down to down to down to down 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 now now, like that. But more sped up and more a little like heavier. So okay, it's more. Is it distorted too, or is it more of a clean sound like old country music? Um both actually uh some songs are more distorted uh we actually have a handful of just straight up country western songs like straight up three four time four four time just hank williams style um songs uh i have one song that um it's called shallow water it's uh like a louisiana swamp music kind of like um something reminiscent of the movie oh brother where art thou Okay, like um, the Soggy Bottom Boys. Yeah, I have a we have a song that's pretty similar to that that I came up with one day when I was playing on my banjo, and um, uh, yeah, uh, we have one song that is called uh, "Greener Pastures." It's just basically about how society always sees men as the cheaters, but I would say women are are guilty are just as guilty of it. Um, and it's basically about how women are always looking for greener pastures, always looking for that, that man. That's just a little bit better. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, for the, for the moment of, of happiness. And, uh, it's kind of a, almost like a, uh, kind of like a dropkick Murphy style, but kind of mixed with a little bit of bluegrass. So, um, it's just kind of a little all over the place. Um, okay I've, I've been wanting to hear like i've been hearing you talk about uh this band before i moved out here to california three years ago and i've been wanting to hear what it sounds like but i've never uh come across it do you have any recordings up anywhere i, I did put some on facebook but uh i am gonna put some i'm gonna upload them again um we do have a facebook page it's just two bit scoundrels. Um, and yeah, it's just, uh, I, I tried to upload them to the, that page. So if you go on two bit scoundrels, uh, Facebook page, just keep checking and I will, I will upload some songs. They're just, uh, garage, garage demos actually recorded on, uh, my iPad on garage band. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, no, I mean it, they, you get the idea, you get the gist. So, and some of them, I mean, some of them are just trail songs. Um, I'm a huge fan of Western uh, country, or, you know, like, shoot 'em ups and Westerns. And a lot of the songs came from ideas of just um, movies that I saw and just kind of almost done in a cinematic way, like cinema music. So, okay. um, like, you know, the Cowboys on an epic journey. Um, one of the songs, Damned on Rio Grande, is about that. He's, it's about a guy who's trying to get back to his woman. So, 
Um, and a lot of it's just fictional. Just okay. pretty much writing. So stories. where do you come? Where do you come up with your inspiration for the stories if they're fictional and not necessarily based off of real life? Um, just a lot of movies. Uh, or just sometimes I'll just make up a. Uh, we have a song called Three Shots, and it's it's straight up punk rock with a bluegrass breakdown. I do a little lead, a little lead um, uh, bluegrass standard. It's called uh, Cripple, uh, Cripple Creek. And um, it's just a little bluegrass thing that a lot of different players play. You hear it on Hee Haw. <laughs> um, okay. But uh, it's just we, we do like a little 30-second breakdown, and we go back in the song. But our drummer wrote that song, and he just wrote a fictional shoot him up about a guy being in a bar playing cards who gets caught cheating. Um, it's just, you know, kind of the... A lot of them are just based off of stories or movies or old old west kind of ideas so okay and how does uh writing for two-bit uh scoundrels compare to the writing process from your previous band freak label um apples to oranges uh freak label was a much more complicated metal rock um towards the end it was more of a prog metal band so it was very Oh, well, I guess I was a lot more pretentious. Uh, you know, it had to be perfect, and we were we were musicians. You know what I mean? Kind of that pretentious, yeah. pretentious musician, artist kind of guy. And so it was. I mean, I'm I'm proud of everything that I wrote, and and Freak Label was definitely we had some really good music, but I think what burned me out from that band in metal and a lot of that kind of stuff was just the pressure to create something epic. And it took, took all the fun out of the music, you know? And, and the thing that, that I've found with two bit scoundrels and, and just kind of going back to this country style basis of writing is that I can have fun again. You know, and it's, it's, I mean, yeah, we want to write good music, but at the same time, we just, it's more about having fun and just letting, yeah. and just letting loose and drinking a beer and playing a country song. And it's, it's definitely been a great, a great experience. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm, I miss playing with the guys that I played with for so long, like Ryan, you know, my right hand man and freak label. I mean, we, you know, it's just, it's different. Because now in two bit scoundrels we're just a three piece, so it's it's odd not having the other guitar player there to you know to bounce off of and write harmonies together and melodies and so so being so, so doing a three piece has definitely been a huge challenge for me because I'm playing guitar and singing which which what I did in freak label but it's all me now <laughs> I don't have, yeah. I don't have the other guy to help back me up so. Um, is there a second vocal or is it just you on vocals and uh, who's uh, who's playing bass, who's playing drums in your band? Um, actually, Adam Micris, the original bass player for Freak Label, um, is doing bass with us, So, uh, which was great because I hadn't seen him in a few years, three, four years. Um, very seldom did I see him. And then he, he moved back to the area and so... We hooked up, and um, he decided he wanted to, to, to start playing again, so he took over on bass, and then Luke um, Crow is our drummer, So, and all three of us love country western music. Luke's from Missouri, so... <laughs> he's just, so he's kind of born into he's it. He's kind of born into <laughs> it. But no, I mean, Adam, Adam does some backup vocals, and uh, Luke just kind of... Um, hollers it does some yips and hollers so <laughs> which we do at random just random yips in the background like, yep. uh it's got to be classic it's fun um, man it's just good stuff so but i think people too i mean 
living in Iowa, we're a very rural state, but at the same time, we're not. Yes. We're a northern state, so people like country, but when you play, when you play at the bar, in the bar scene, I think a lot of people they they're they're kind of torn because they don't know what to take from it, or they don't know how to act, or they don't know how to to react to it, you know, because it's different. Like, what do you mean by that? Um, not in a bad sense. Like, we don't have we haven't gotten any negativity. It's always all of our comments. Have, have been compliments people like it but it's just so different than than anything else in town you know most people are either rock or punk or um bro country cover band country you know we're pretty much from what i've heard we're pretty much the only band in our area that's really what we are so um it's just kind of like people are like well i don't know how to dance to that or i don't know what to do how do i <laughs> you know do i so it's just kind of do I headbang or line dance? Yeah, it's just kind of that whole like, <laughs> what do I do? And my comment is just chill out and listen, <laughs> just drink a beer and listen, <laughs> you know. So, but uh, no, man, it's the uh, the reactions have all been good. So makes me happy, I guess. That's exciting. That's exciting. Good. It's always good to get uh, positive feedback when you uh, put something out there, especially when you decide to go a whole new direction with it. Yeah, and it really is. Um, you know, because you always hear, and I'm not, I'm not gonna. I guess I, I can't really think of any band off the top of my head, but you'll, you'll hear a band that goes solo, and they say, "Oh, it's completely different than." Than what I've done before, and, and then you listen to it, and you're like, um, no, it's pretty much exactly what your last band was. <laughs> and yeah, uh, in this case, it it really isn't. Um, I went from a metal being in a a heavy metal band to a country western <laughs> band, so it's about as far as oh, you know, on the other end of the spectrum as you can get. So yeah there there's possibly a little overlap in there you know because well there's some metal bands like say pantera like cowboys from mm -hmm. hell type thing that incorporated some western type theme yeah into it but their music showed really no sign of it but no. you know it's it's interesting except for on uh one cd they put out with uh david allen co on vocals rebel versus it rebel. Was, Rebel versus Rebel, that's right. And also uh Hank Jr. is on one of those tracks oh, too. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's he's just on one track. I'm a, it's called like Get Out of My Life or something like that. I'm a huge uh co fan. Um so I listen to his greatest hit C D probably weekly. <laughs> but uh right on. so yeah, I mean he's been a he's been a big influence too. Um I just think that uh, there's something very American about country music that you know, like jazz and blues, which are really, truly the only two American-made genres. Country has obviously been influenced by Europeans, but, you know, there's still something very American about about country western. And, uh, you know, before, before rock and roll came about, I mean, the majority of Americans listened to country western. I mean, Hank Williams was a huge star. I mean, even even Ray Charles was a country western singer before um, he became what he ended up as, you know, R and B gospel. Yeah. So um, if you watch the movie Ray, he, Jimmy Fox, as playing Ray, talks about doing country western. So it's just you know, and then rock came along, and then music changed forever. But um, yeah, I mean, so. I just think there's something really American about it, and it's just fun to play. Okay. Um, with this vast contrast in music, what were your idols or your uh, inspiration as a kid? Who did you look up to musically? Um, Slash, definitely, from Guns N' Roses, who I got to meet. Um, awesome. How'd that happen? I met him in Des Moines, um, one of my close friends um bought me a meet and greet when velvet revolver played the valor ballroom in des moines 
and so I got to meet Slash and Matt Sorum and Duff McKagan. Um, Scott Weiland was a couple hours late because that's what that's <laughs> what he does. And yeah, so I got to meet those guys. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, Slash definitely. I mean, the Guns and Roses in general are pretty much how I got into rock. Okay. Um, but I mean, a lot of the eighties eighties rock. Um, when I was a kid, you know, you're, you're junior high kid. I mean, that's, I mean, I remember the, we, we both went to the grunge days. <laughs> so, yes. I mean, I loved, I loved Alice in Chains and STP and, you know, all the, all the grunge bands were a huge influence. Uh, Korn, the first Korn album was a huge, um, influence into heavier music. I think. I think Alice in Chains is actually unfairly thrown in with grunge just because they're in Seattle, from Seattle. Yeah, they really weren't. Like, they really weren't a grunge band. Uh, a lot of people refer to them as grunge, but they weren't all mopey and mm-hmm. all like the world hates me. There were songs like that, but for the most part, they were pretty, pretty just a rock band. Yeah, just like Pearl Jam. Yeah, yeah, but being from Seattle, you're automatically grunge. But even, like, yeah, I guess if you really look at it, Soundgarden really wasn't grungy to me. No. I mean, they were pretty much, I mean, if you listen, like, even Bad Motorfinger, like, Rusty Cage, that's not really grungy, that's more rock. Exactly. Heavy rock. Yeah, so, like, when people start just throwing every band from Seattle into the grunge thing, and just like doesn't quite set right but i understand why it happens just because like nirvana being so big you know they kind of established like even though they weren't there first on the scene they kind of you know were the heads of the scene for a while yeah you know it's like it's like anything society wants to society has to put a a classification on everything you know yeah and and that's it's sad but true not to quote Metallica, but that's the way it is. <laughs> so, and those guys were those guys were a huge influence too. I mean, in Iron Maiden, I mean, love that band. So, it's just I don't know. I'm a sponge. There's a lot. Of, I mean, I, I love big band music. I love classical. I grew up playing classical. That was kind of like my my. How how letter. old were you? How old were you when you started playing guitar? Mm. And was guitar your first instrument? No, um, <clears throat> recorder was in fourth grade. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then, play hot cross buns with the best cr- of them. Hot cross buns and little Mary had little yeah little Mary had a lamb. Wait, Mary had a little Mary lamb. had a little lamb. Yeah. Little Mary had a big lamb. Yeah, little. <laughs> 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 yeah, and then I played. Then I started playing trumpet. I played trumpet from. I played trumpet from fifth grade to my senior year in high school. And then um, I was going to go into the military and then um, was going to uh, try to audition into the Air Force band and play trumpet. But I couldn't get into the military medically, for medical reasons. And so I just... uh, that was kind of a put an end to that. But yeah, I started playing guitar when I was 15 or 16. 15 so, or 16. Somewhere around there. I was a I freshman or sophomore in high school. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, I fell in love with it. I mean, once you, once there's a lot of instruments out there and there's, I mean, there's some, I mean, piano, I mean, I think piano is the mother of all instruments, but uh, it, I think uh, there's just something about playing guitar that is just so captivating it's i don't know it's just uh i guess it's for people who who are players can probably understand i guess my point but it's there's just something very um organic about it something very caveman about about playing guitar and interesting it's just like because you can sing and play while you're playing piano. I mean, I don't play piano, but um, I just, I don't know. I guess maybe, I mean, maybe everybody has a different feeling on it, but 
There's just something about sitting down with an acoustic guitar and just playing a song and singing it. I don't know. It's just, it's just, there's something about guitar that is just captivating. Cause I don't, I don't get the feeling that I get with a guitar as I do with trumpet, like guitar. I don't know. I'd like to play the trumpet. I still get it out every once in a while and play my high school fight song and, <laughs> and, and Frosty <laughs> the Snowman. But, um, I just don't get it. It's not, I don't get the same feeling as I do when I play guitar. I don't know. Frosty the Snowman. I can still play um, it. Are you going to incorporate trumpet into two bit scoundrels? Um, I've actually thought about it because I thought about if I did like a Tex Mex song. <laughs> I could I could probably incorporate the trumpet. I mean, Flea did in Red Hot Chili Peppers. So yeah. So I mean, they're not, there's no reason why we can't do it, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. So yeah, I mean, I motto to live by. We've dabbled. We we've talked about trying to find a a violin player, you know, someone who can come and do some fiddle, but it's just. I'm sure that there, I'm sure there's those people in the community that do it it's just you know and our if if we were down in appalachia you know west virginia kentucky i'm sure fiddle players here are a dime a dozen but they're just yeah you know i'm sure there's people at the surrounding colleges that that play you know or maybe some high school kids in, the, in my neighborhood here but <laughs> But you know, yeah, and, and, possibility. But I'm I need someone who can really rip, you know. It's kind of amazing though. Like when you said violin at first, I was thinking smooth classical, mm-hmm. like everything like that. But then it's the same instrument by a different name, fiddle. You think like the devil went down to Georgia type thing, you know? Yeah. It's just uh, completely different connotation for the same instrument from two different words. Well, what's funny about fiddle is fiddle is a verb. A violinist fiddles, so it's in in the South. <laughs> we all know how their <laughs> education system is. <laughs> Man, hand me that damn dare fiddle, boy. Fiddle is a verb and a noun. Yes, yeah, kind of like Google. Yeah. So, a violinist fiddles. A fiddle. Okay. Like a fiddler. So, but I mean, but I think, but then fiddle can also be a style because fiddle refers to it's it's a noun it's a verb and it's a genre of music because fiddle is typically as a term that's used in bluegrass so if you're playing bluegrass you're fiddling so it's okay it's kind of i don't know i I learned something today and i now can and i might not even noodle on a fiddle what's that can you noodle on a fiddle i don't know i don't play fiddle okay well but i'm sure you uh, could you probably noodle on a fiddle because that's also a, a verb and a noun, but you eat the noun. Oh, that's true. Because pasta noodle. Yeah, I don't that's know. right. I'm, 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 I got nothing. It's also, nothing. it's also a, a swimming, um, a, uh, float. fishing with your hands. Well, you can, you can, oh, that's right. But then in the, in the swimming pool, there's those little noodles that float. The foam noodle. Yeah, the foam yes. Noodles. So. How far off track can we get with Noodle? <laughs> and my girlfriend calls my dog Noodle. Really? Yeah, just some nickname she gave him when he was a puppy. Right on. I I saw a picture of your dog on Facebook with eyebrows painted on. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, that was that was her idea. We were sitting outside one day, and uh, <laughs> we have two dogs, and I don't know. She was just had some craft paint out, and she put eyebrows on the dog, and it was hilarious. And we both <laughs> sat and just un- laughed uncontrollably, and the t- the paint stayed on him for like a week. Really, and, I was I was actually kind of wondering how long that lasts. I didn't know if it was like latex house paint or what, but yeah, just acrylic craft paint. Did you walk the dog around town and oh, yeah. uh, have people? Oh yeah. <laughs> Because our neighborhood. Can imagine the looks that you get. Well, there's a lot of people that walk dogs in our neighborhood, so we <clears throat> we encountered people, a lot of people, and kids and the kids love it too. 
you should like constantly paint different color eyebrows on the dog. Well, what's funny is is the one dog, the older dog, will do like the um, raised eyebrows kind of thing. Yeah. Um. And so it just it was even funnier because then you would actually see the the movements of the eyebrows. So when she would like do the whole like she's confused look or she's something is 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 interesting or is a cause of interest she like raise the eyebrows <laughs> and you'd really see it with the paint on there it's hilarious <laughs> life's too short man oh. you gotta have fun exactly and animals are a good source for it oh yeah and the dogs <laughs> they don't know they're just like what are you doing to me and then as long as it's not hurting them you know it's all yeah they're not self-aware so they don't give a shit just please don't dress your dogs up with tutus. That's all I'm oh, saying. Oh, no. He's had one on, not, but it wasn't my doing. Okay. All right. There, There's certain things that are all right to put on a dog, but a tutu is pushing it. Yeah. And also, like, winter jackets on dogs, that's a little ridiculous, too, in my mind. <laughs> they have a yeah. fur coat for a reason. Yeah. Well, especially, like, I have a lab, black lab. I mean, he's a water dog. I mean, he's bred to to hunt game and jump in rivers and creeks. And so, I mean, he's, I mean, obviously here in Iowa where you know how cold it can get at times. Yes. You know, 20 degrees, 20 degrees below zero. I mean, yeah, then that's too cold for him. They, you know, I, he goes out and does his thing and he runs back in the house. But <laughs> I mean, if it's, if it's 20 degrees outside, he's a dog, yeah, he's, you know, he's bred for he's it. Fine. He's bred for it. He, they're derived from the wolf, but you know, I like to have four seasons. It's, Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. <laughs> no, I mean I like I like Four Seasons. It's just I don't know. It's a good change. But you know I was in Southern California a month ago, and uh, it was pretty nice. So, what were you doing out in Southern California? Disneyland. Oh yeah, well, that's cool. That's cool. Did you uh, see the Toy Story people and yell Andy's coming? <laughs> no. Because theoretically, from what I hear, they're supposed to all the people, all the toys are supposed to fall down and not move when you yell Andy's coming. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm. It, I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what I've heard. No, we um, yeah, we went out there and we did a California adventure one day and Disneyland the second day. And it was intense, but it was amazing. I mean, it really is. It's um just makes you feel like a kid again yeah it's you know you 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 look at all the things and it just reminds you of watching disney movies and drinking mountain dew with your friends (laughs) (laughs) you know it's just it is and then right on you know and then you there's the the classic scene you know all the characters and i got to hug donald duck and he gave me shit because i had a mickey mouse shirt on (laughs) he shook his fist at me and then he hugged me, but you know you, you you see these little kids and these toddlers, and they just walk up to Mickey Mouse, and you know because to them that is that's the real that's the real Mickey, you know, and they walk up and they they have their arms out, and Mickey has his arms out, and it just about brings a tear to your eye. It is like one of the most yeah. it's like one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life, and that's you know, and I think that's that's what Walt Disney was trying to portray that that it's just a it's a beautiful place so and you know what's crazy is is everyone was in good spirits like even if you'd like bump into someone they'd be like oh excuse me that was my fault you know like there was no like i'm sure that doesn't happen all the time but i mean both days that i was there everyone was in good spirits um it was the happiest place on earth like like they say so maybe that's what we need. We need people running around in Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck outfits throughout (laughs) all the cities in the world. And maybe just maybe everybody would be happy and be like, oh, pardon me, friend. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bump into you. Yeah. I would be like, who the hell is this guy in the suit in front of me? Uh." Have you have you been? Have you been to a Disney? I have been to both the Disney's. Oh, nice. Uh, I have not been to Euro Disney, though. Oh, there's one in Tokyo, too. I haven't been to Tokyo Disney, either. I've been to the American Disneys. Yeah, there's um, there's a resort in uh, 
Hawaii. That um, I've heard that it's called Alani or Awani or Alani, but it's not really. There's no rides. It's just like a um, like a beach hotel. I think there's like a water. There's like a couple water slides, cool water slide things, but it's more of just like a relaxation kind of thing. Just kind of. Hmm. But yeah, dude. As soon as I can go back, I'm going back. Right on, right on. What was your favorite? Uh, did you go on any rides? And what was your favorite ride? I'm gonna have to say. Oh, out there. I'm gonna have to say the Indiana Jones ride is the best. I mean, the Star Wars ride was awesome. Car, the Cars ride is is incredible in California Adventure. Uh, Tower of Terror. Uh, there, I mean, there's not a bad ride in there. It's just that they're just some are better than others. I mean, even like Space Mountain was great. Splash Mountain was great. Um, but yeah, definitely the Indiana Jones ride is is the cat's pajamas. It's the cat's pajamas. <laughs> yeah, that dude, it's awesome. And it's amazing to me how they do. I mean, even Pirates of the Caribbean, they've upgraded it since the movies, the films. I mean, even that is incredible with the animatronics and some of those robots now that they have at Disney and I'm sure like universal, all these places have the same technology, but they move so fluid. And then when you're, when you're in the ride or, you know, you're going through the ride and, and with the different lightings and angles, they look like real people. It's incredible. Really? It's inc- oh dude, it's incredible. It's been years since I've been. And back then it was like, they were, you could clearly tell they were robotic and like, you know, mm-hmm. all jerky movements going back and like forth, say like in the Pirates of the Caribbean, I think there might have been somebody with a pickaxe trying to break out of a jail cell or something. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's clearly a robot. And you could tell where the people were, you know? Yeah, yeah, dude, it's amazing. I mean, some of the old some of the old stuff, they've kept it original on purpose. (laughs) You know, they want to keep it. Yeah, (laughs) the original. But like even some of the the 3D stuff is incredible. Uh, We went into... um, like the Star Wars ride, it's all 3D. It's a 3D, um, kind of like a flight simulator thing. But like when you're waiting in line to go into the Star Wars ride, there's C-3PO um, and R2-D2 having a conversation. But they're like, they're robots, but they move just like they do in the movie. It's amazing. Oh, cool. And um, uh, Yeah, dude, it's awesome. Uh, growing up as a kid, were you a big Star Wars fan? Yeah. Um, my older brother actually is still a huge Star Wars fan. Um, I just kind of, I just kind of lost interest in it as I, as I grew up, but, um, yeah, I mean, I I still like Star Wars. I'm still going to go see the new film when it comes out. I was going to ask, are you looking forward to seeing the new film or are you kind of dreading it after the last three that came out? No, because, uh, JJ Abrams did an amazing job with Star Trek. So I think he'll do a an amazing job with the Star Wars. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I really am. Right. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. I haven't checked out any of uh the Star Wars I'm um uh, Star Wars uh Star Trek ones just because as a kid I could not get into Star Trek. It just the atmosphere in it just seems so void of character, so mm-hmm. sterile like a doctor's office. Yeah. And I, I just couldn't watch it. But I did hear that uh, the new Star Trek movies were really good. Yeah, dude, they're awesome. And the thing about Star Trek is, is Gene Roddenberry. Roddenberry. He really, he really was a genius in a sense of when you're a kid and you're watching Star Trek, you don't really, you don't really understand a lot of the subliminal messaging and some of the things he's trying to say until you become an adult. And well, like one example that I've noticed is Captain Kirk and Spock. I think their characters are really a representation of us as a society. Um, You know, not, I don't want to get political, Mm. but I think there's a, there's a, a huge movement in our political scene of, or even, even society with education and just different society norms. But, you know, 
do we want to be a society of Captain Kirks who are, you know, leaders and risk takers and are willing to, even when the odds are all against him, he still, you know, tries? Or do you want to yeah. be a society of Spocks where we think about things logically and we base our decisions on that, you know? And I think he was using that as a as an example back then, you know, that, you know, kids aren't going to pick up on that, you know, and, and that was, that's kind of a thing that I think what he was trying to get across was, is, is we need both, you know, and it's kind of like a checks and balance system. Yeah, definitely. You know? Good. Cause at one, in one aspect, yeah, you want to be Captain Kirk. You want to be, you know, in a sense, Superman, but like Kenny Rogers said, you got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him, know when to walk away, know when to run. You know, you got to think about things too. And so, yeah, I, I highly recommend the Star Trek, the new Star Trek films. J.J. Abrams did a great job. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, awesome as Khan. He's great in everything he does. Um, and even Chris Pine is, is Kirk, awesome. And Zachary Quinto, awesome. He He was born to play Spock. I mean... He looks just like Spock, and he was he was spot on. He was probably, in my opinion, the best. Uh, he did the best job of getting playing the 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 character as correct as correctly as possible. I've seen pictures of uh, and previews of it, and yes, he does look a lot like Leonard Nimoy did mm-hmm. as Spock. So it is kind of freaky uh, yeah. in a way. The the resemblance. And I mean, just like the way he stands and walks and moves. I mean, he looks just like Spock's original character. It's weird. Real weird. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I mean, he's he's, he's a good actor. So check him out. I I will have to do that. I will have to do that. I'm sure they're probably on uh, Netflix or Redbox. I think the second one was on is on Netflix. It was. I don't I don't know if it is anymore. So. So yeah, now that we're way off the topic of music. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all right. We can go wherever sure. we want on this. And what what happened to your sound, man? You uh, sound really muffled. Oh, uh, maybe I accidentally put my finger over the mic. Okay. Is it better now? It is. Okay. You know, and I was kind of bummed out the other day because I bought this Mickey Mouse shirt at Walmart before I went to Disneyland. It's a picture of Mickey. He's like He's like all buffed out and like he looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like he has that bodybuilder Mickey. Okay. And so my my girlfriend's daughter came home from school the other day and said that she'd seen some kid in her class or some kid at her school that had the same shirt. And I was like, damn it. I thought I was you the need only to go. I thought I was the only one that had that shirt. Go beat that kid up. Go beat that kid up right now. Break into his house, steal the shirt, burn it in front of him, and be like, Yes, rightfully, I am the only one with this shirt. Yep. Yeah, but you get put in jail for that stuff, so. Not for a good cause. Yeah. Walt would, Walt, <laughs> would, Walt would be proud. Yes, Walt Disney would have your back when they unfreeze him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not. <laughs> when they unfreeze him. When they unfreeze him. Right now, he can't really do much for you, but. Do you uh, think he actually is frozen in a cryogenic vault? <laughs> no, I think he's in the ground somewhere. Who knows? It's possible. That would be crazy one day Walt Disney comes back. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, dude. Be like Jesus. You know, that's what's sad is you don't even know what to believe anymore. You read all these stories online. It's all bullshit. None of it's real. You know, news has become pretty much opinion. It's not fact anymore. So, you know, you're you're scrolling through Facebook and Twitter and you see all these headlines and bogus stories you don't even know what to you know you don't even know what to believe anymore so everything you read on the internet believe it (laughs) that's my boyfriend he's a french model (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but yeah i know man walter cronkite would be pissed if he was alive today you know like he he gave news he didn't care about like the slant the 
I, I agree. The problem with like a lot of things today are all the news networks that give people a chance to go and just be surrounded by people with their own beliefs and not hear what the actual story is. You know, oh, yeah. like if you're leaning left, go to a left one, like go to CNN. If you're a right one, go to go to Fox News and you'll feel comfortable and you'll be like, yeah, yeah, that guy's right. I'm and the other guys are scumbags when everybody else is vice versa on it. You know, yeah, it's horrible. We become such pussies in, in this country. We, we become so offended and, and I don't understand it. You know, I don't I don't get it. I you know, I I guess, it you know even even with this whole bully thing, you know we're not even teaching kids to stand up for themselves anymore. You know the, um, if they do get beat up in a fight though, they'll at least get a participation ribbon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's an, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just it's a different world than I grew up. I'm not even very old. I'm only thirty, almost thirty four, but it's so different than when I was a kid. I mean. Yeah, you actually had a chance to lose when you were a kid and know what it feels like to lose. Yeah. I I don't remember what NFL player it was just recently said that uh, he's not allowing his kids to um, keep participation trophies yeah. or ribbons. Um, he'll let them keep trophies when they actually win a trophy. Mm -hmm. You know, he wants them to teach the teach them the value of winning and losing and hard work to get to where you need to be. Yeah, I mean when we were kids, I mean we you you lost, you lost, you know, better luck next time. You know, and it, and it and it made you want to win. Now it's just like there's no incentive to win because you're going to get a freaking ribbon or medal or candy or whatever the hell you're going to get. It doesn't matter anymore. And I think, I don't know, you know, this whole bully thing, you know, tell the teacher, all you're going to do is piss the bully off more and he's going to, he's going to jump you after school. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to call you a sissy tattletale. You know, if you teach that kid to stand up for himself. Yeah. You know, you don't want to condone violence, but, um, you can't teach kids to be victims and that's what we're doing. So, mm -hmm. It was James Harrison. The he plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers, mm. who wouldn't let his kids keep a participation trophy. But yeah, it's not doing anybody any favors, you know. No, you know, and people. I don't know. It's just it's not good, and I feel I don't know. I either the future is going to be great or it's going to be really shitty. <laughs> I don't and, <laughs> yeah. and you know people need to feel like beat down and stuff like that growing up and that's how you get all the entertainers and uh people in the world you know Yeah the it comes from having to fight for attention having to you know Yeah act out in a different way yeah. So if everybody is given credit for doing nothing you know there'll be no need to fight for attention right and this comes from a middle child yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm second child out of five yeah you're almost middle almost there middle. but that's my brother dave i don't know it's just yeah i don't know this next president presidential election is i don't know Things are gonna get nasty in this country. There's just no general. Yeah. There's just no general consensus anymore. You know, we've become so divided because of because of our our diversity that there's just there used to be a general. I mean, people had disagreements, but there were there was a general consensus, and I just don't think that it exists anymore. No, no. Can you imagine if Trump wins? So I don't. I don't know. <laughs> God. Uh, part part of me wants to see it yeah but most of me does not you know it's like yeah. how how interesting would that be a president that would be willing to speak his mind and like actually owns up to what he says the whole like uh have you watched any of the debates i haven't actually... i watched the first one uh just for you know 
basically to see what Trump did. And uh, they called him out right away and they're like, uh, Mr. Trump, you've been known for calling uh, women dogs and degrading them and everything like that. Uh, he's like, well, that's not entirely true. Yes, I did call one woman a dog, and that is Rosie O'Donnell, because she is a dog and she is vile and a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> but I am not like talking about all women in general. And I was like, he just said that. That is awesome. Yeah, that dude doesn't hold back. Um, no, he he could be a genius and just coming across like playing the fool right now, you know. Yeah. Well, the thing about Donald Trump is, is that, and I I, th- I don't and I don't understand why Americans Americans seem to think that the president the presidency is a businessman, and I just I don't think that the president should be a businessman. The, the president is a person who governs. Um, and there's, there's so much more to being a president than being a businessman. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand why people see it as a, as a business. It's not, it's, there's so much more than, than business involved in being the president of the United States. So, or the president of any, of any culture, just like I hate it when people say the president didn't create enough jobs. The president's job is not to create jobs. The president's job is to govern. It's yeah. The, it's the private sector. It's it's our job to create jobs. So I don't understand why that is 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 rhetoric at all. I don't know. So yeah, I I don't know about that. Maybe one good thing about having a businessman and they know how to negotiate. So sure. that might sure. that might be a benefit in that, but I don't know, man. Uh, politics is one of those things where you're never gonna find an answer. Really, it's no. like talking politics and religion. You know, yeah. There's no real no real answer to that that you can come across. At least not one that makes everybody happy. Yeah, yeah. You'll never win. Well, that's just it. You know, people people seem to think that there's a that the president is supposed to please everyone. Well, you, you, you can't, you can't, there's so much diversity and there's so many different ideas and ideals in this country that there's no way you can please everyone because one decision might benefit millions. And, and then that same decision might not benefit millions. You know, it's just, you can't win. Yeah. You're pretty much running for the opportunity to be hated by half the people in the country. You <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I, uh, politics. Yeah, we we have gone a long ways uh, in this conversation. Yeah, uh, politics, music, grunge, and before I let you go, I want to ask you one last question that I am gonna make a staple of uncontained to ask all the guests on from here on out. How do you live your life uncontained? Well. I'm a rootin' tootin' country western punk rock <laughs> Mickey Mouse wearing ear motherfucker. And that's how I live my life <laughs> contained. Well said, well said, my friend. And that that is uncontained and not giving a fuck right there. Uh, once again, Scott Aarons, thanks for joining me on my brand new podcast, Uncontained. And I look forward to hearing some uh, new music from you on uh, Facebook, get a CD put out. And uh, you want to put out any contact information, your Facebook, Twitter, anything like that? Yeah, just uh, 2-Bit Scoundrels on Facebook. Check it out. I don't have a Twitter account yet for that. so. All right, no tweeting yet. But uh, hit them up on Facebook. Let them know you heard about them here on Uncontained. And uh, thanks again. Have a great night, man. Thanks for joining me. Hey, you too. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Uncontained, and please be sure to go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review, and until next time, live uncontained.